Hey guys, really excited to share this podcast with you with sat down with Emilio Di Spirito is actually how you pronounce it. You'll see at the beginning of the podcast, I mess up his name, despite the fact that I've been hanging with Emilio for a couple of years. He's in a neighboring state of mind. I think it's super important for all of us. If, if you're listening to this podcast and you're maybe even if you're not a real estate agent, or in sales, that it's important that you collaborate with like-minded people in your industry. You can pull so many interesting, even if it's just one thing every time you sit down, a little tweak uh, or something that leads to a conversation with somebody in your internal organization that can help move the needle. Every time I get with Emilio, some good stuff comes out of it. And I think we've got some really good gems here in this podcast. So hope you enjoy it and please leave me some type of uh, comment or feedback on on what you got out of this the most. And if you haven't yet, please, please do subscribe. So enjoy the podcast. I look forward to engaging with you guys afterwards. Take care. All right, guys, we've got Emilio Disparito. I always nail Almost. that last name. No, I don't. I didn't nail no, it. No, Disparito. Disparito. It's a tough one. There's a lot of vowels in there. Disparito. And I've had Emilio on a bunch of videos in the past. Uh, not really a traditional podcast setting like we're doing here, right? First time for this. Yeah. yeah. And so you're into the top 10 here, the first 10 podcasts. I'm honored. Are you pretty excited about that? I'm very excited. It's so always a good time. Emilio's got a really successful team in uh, my neighboring state of Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. And you also have a radio show on iHeart over there, which I've been on. You've been on my radio show. What else are you doing? You're doing, you're doing a bunch of content. You're like, yeah. That's why I love you because you're out there putting out content, which is what every agent should be doing right now. Absolutely. What else you got going on? Yeah, I mean, it's just basically getting the blogs out, the content out. We yep. do our best to uh, educate the consumer with questions that we really shouldn't be spending so much time taking care of when we can send a video. Mm -hmm. So like if they have questions about the inspection period or about how to the buying process or the mortgage process, we just have a video. We just send so them. I love that. I love that. So because we've, like I said, we've done a bunch of videos in the past. You can't find those because that was my old YouTube channel, unfortunately. Oh, it's gone? Well, I didn't tell you that story. A little bit of it, but yeah, that channel is basically gone. I but didn't this channel gone. here wow. is way more badass because we got people like <laughs> Sam behind the scenes. And Sam it's does just, a killer job. It's just like another level, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, you got to produce content over and over again. But just so we can back up and give anybody that's not familiar with you, mm -hmm. how'd you get into real estate? Why did you get in? Just give that quick little thing. Yeah, man. To to kind of open it up. So I was in a job, a sales job. I absolutely hated it. I was uh, preparing to get fired from it, actually. You were preparing? You yeah. were planning the, yeah. the firing? Well, I was... Your own fate? I, I was so dead broke at the time, right? And, and we can talk about that another time, but it was god-awful. So I just... You know, I kicked up my feet, started reading books and stuff, just getting ready. Originally I, I from knew, Rhode Island. Yeah, I knew they Without were Without the accent, you've got the vowel in the last name, but no accent. Springfield, Mass. Springfield, Mass. Originally, Originally yeah. Originally, got, got it, Out where Steve Rovithis is. Yeah, our boy Steve. He's Steve's a beast. Watching He's Daniel. a beast, yeah. yeah. Cool guy. So uh, anyways, long story short, I knew they were going to can me anyways, so I just made the most out of it, mm -hmm. right? And then I went right into real estate school. A good friend of mine, Pete. To Fresny and uh, to Keller Williams in uh, Rhode Island's like, dude, you need to get into real estate. Is that where you started, KW? No. No, okay. No, I started at Wycourt. 
Okay. Yeah. So whatever, long story short, um, you know, just got into it, Byron. Absolutely loved it. My first few months started blogging and people were in the office like, what do you know? Why are you blogging? I'm like, I'm blogging to learn. Like I'm, I'm, I'm teaching Engaging to learn. Engaging and putting my story out yeah. there and documenting my journey type of thing. Yeah. Yep. It's been unbelievable. So that, then I went and started the team, right? Mm-hmm. Cause we started making a lot of traction. People were actually calling me off the blogs, like mm-hmm. consumers and whatnot. And uh, I just noticed it started working. Just written blogs, no videos at that time. No videos at that time, mm-hmm. uh, just written blogs. And then we, we kicked it up a notch. I, I got a letter in the mail from this, this media company that said, hey, why don't you come do a radio show? We're going to help you select this, uh, uh, a radio station whatnot. They did. They brokered the deal. Like They were like agents pretty much, right? Okay. And, uh, and, and then I went on iHeartRadio going three years strong, right? And uh, it's just been absolutely unbelievable. Do a lot of your clients, especially on the listing side, because I think that's what's most important for any agent out there is listings. Mm -hmm. Do a lot of your clients uh, typically say to you that the iHeartRadio affiliation, it was one of the factors that pushed them over the edge to sign with you? No, you know, I think it's more or less like it's validity and Mm -hmm. authority because, uh, you know, a lot of people have might have podcasts or they might have this or that or do videos. But what being involved with a company like iHeart does is it creates, um, they can identify it. Yeah, they've heard of it for sure. It's credibility. And on top of it, it's consistency. It forces you to put out content. I'm there every single week. We're making between four and six videos every single week, never mind the podcast. Well, because you're you're taking the radio thing really to the next level. You're putting it, which I'm doing. With with, CBS. Well, yeah, with the CBS affiliate, we're taking the radio show and putting that into straight podcasts so people can go Mm -hmm. find the old shows. But you're also bringing in a video crew and you're recording the show and putting out bite-sized pieces of content on top of that. So that one hour, whatever the show is, is it one hour or two hours? It's 45 minutes, an 45 hour. Minutes, an hour show. Hour in radio time. An hour in radio time. We don't have a Sam minutes. there, though. We just have two. Po- we, I wish we had Sam Oh, you're there, just setting right? them but up. We just have two. It, Got it. Yeah. And, and so people that are thinking about doing something, because I agree with what you and I said before we sat down when we were at lunch, like radio's not dead for people that think it is love it. on a local level, radio is 100% not dead yet. Yeah. It will die. It will die. You understand that too, right? Well, then we'll have podcasts. Well, the thing it's on demand. here, I mean, here's, here's what I think. If you actually want to get into this, I yeah. think that what you're doing is smart going, putting all the content to podcasts mm-hmm. right now. There's still attention on radio. There are still people, especially in the age demographic of which we list properties for mm-hmm. that listen to the radio. Absolutely. But, in 2022, when every single used car has the ability to just pop up what's on your phone, which is going to be podcasts and audible, and you actually have to go searching for the radio, like in my car right now, it's a Ford Explorer, it's a 2018, you literally have to search for the radio button. Mm. Everything that's on my phone is what pops up on the screen. So Audible, so SoundCloud, uh, Apple Tunes, Apple Podcasts. Those are the options. I have to get out of that and go into some weird-looking thing <laughs> to find the radio. Terrestrial so I, radio. I yeah. honestly believe radio's on a five-ish year run. Wow. And what's nice about it is that they their cost of entry has reflected 
that shift Absolutely. where where print hasn't reflected the shift at all. They're still jamming high prices for no reason yeah, it makes and no, no value sense at all. Right. Yeah. So I think that if you're an agent out there that's thinking about how do I consistently produce content every single week and I maybe only have an hour, mm -hmm. but maybe I have an opportunity for somebody to sponsor the show and I can now reproduce that content to, to be my content throughout the week. I mean, you get four segments on an hour show. Four to six, yeah. All four segments could be a piece of content. Mm -hmm. You could break out little quotes with that. You could get 20 pieces of content from a radio show within each week. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. Tell, tell me about, do you, I mean, I know you're doing sponsorships through your station. I have a sponsor on, on, on my show mm -hmm. as well. If an agent was going to do a radio show, would you 100% advise doing the sponsorship route? Yeah, absolutely. But the people that you have on your show, you got to make sure that you're giving back of value to. You need to make sure that it's reciprocal relationship. You can't just have people come on the show and not, you know, give back. It doesn't make sense. Who's going to continue to support that? Yeah. Right. So, so what do you mean? Like what, what ways do you, well, do you do that? I mean, think about it. Like, so we have, uh, we have a couple people on our show that do mortgages, a couple people that are attorneys. We have home inspectors, contractors. Um, I mean, you name it, anyone involved in the real estate process, really a lot of these guys need marketing guys and girls. They, they need, excuse me, I'm sorry. That's all right. They need marketing. And this actually provides a platform for them to do that. So, um, you, you if they're not, so whoever's coming on your show, if they're not producing a ton of content, they're getting um, basically these deliverables after the show and, and they're able to put that into their, whatever it is, Facebook or mm -hmm. their, maybe they have a SoundCloud or whatever. We do it for them. I okay, mean, so you're just saying, hey, listen, you're gonna huge come exposure, on yeah. and we're gonna get you the exposure. Yeah, you know, you're on, so I mean, and anybody can set this up. Yep. This is not, it's not rocket science. Right. So you, you go on, you start a show, go to a local radio station, an AM station. Who cares? They give you clean, crisp audio. You put that audio out to SoundCloud on uh, Anchor. It hits out to like 12 different podcast channels, Apple, Google, the whole nine. Mm -hmm. And then you take the video and you hire a video editor, have them chop it all up. Mm -hmm. Voila. That's it. So I, I love it. I love all that. You're investing heavily in your brand, which is what I preach at nauseum and and I think that's smart play are you putting any money right now and this is f just for context if you're just stumbling across the podcast this is the end of November of 2018 right we're, we're going into 2019 yeah PA4 just came out there's been so many changes with Zillow this year are you investing any money in online leads is it Zillow no. it, it, nothing no just zero just realtor.com I invest $525 a month done that's it. Realtor.com. Yeah. Not a penny on Zillow. No. When did you stop Zillow or did you ever do Zillow? I, one year. And this isn't even much compared to probably what some other people are spending. We spent 36000 on Zillow. And at the. At In the, what year was that? Uh, 2014, 2015. Okay. Between Trulia and Zillow. Mm -hmm. It was just a lot of money. And we didn't really see a huge return on it at that time. So we just stopped. Were and you in the green? Um, no, we were in the red. You were in the there, red. There on was that. no return, but that's I, I take full, I take okay. accountability. Well, on you that. said we didn't really make return. I thought maybe you got forty five thousand. You said well, no. to make ten grand, we can get no. that in different. Okay, I was a newer uh, team leader at the time, 
just trying just... to figure out the kinks and whatnot. And do I think that Zillow could give us a return right now? Yeah, I think that there could be a bit of a return. Well, did Rhode Island go to PA4 yet? I don't even you don't know, know what that means. Not, yeah. the, okay, so the, they changed the premier agent program. Oh, I, I do know about that yeah. Yeah, from your podcast and from your videos. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have a very, very small spend on on Zillow per year. Uh, we don't do any realtor.com, no. but our spend is so small in comparison to, I think most real high producing teams because mm -hmm. over the last five, six, seven years, a lot of them have gotten fat and happy off of what Zillow provides. And it's been very easy and mm -hmm. it's kept <clears throat> the team agents and, and the big teams working and active and it's kept all the agents super active but i just don't feel like enough of the teams have invested in their brand in their brand marketing in putting out original video content that. original blog yeah. content their own gra you know like all that kind of stuff which mm -hmm. costs tons and tons of money and time and effort and energy and great great people and all of that and so now when zillow makes a shift you're so vulnerable to that platform mm -hmm. because they are able to make changes on a drop of a hat and you're the one that either suffers or gets the benefit of if it helps you right now with PA four, people are feeling the pain because they see their, their lead flow go down 75% in some instances. Crazy. So now if you've got agents that have been accustomed to just operating off Zillow and they're not making expired calls and they're not putting out video and they're not doing all these other things, they were just counting on those Zillow leads and 75% of their work went away. Yeah. They're like, well, what am I doing? Well, what are we doing next? Is, is the world going to fall apart? Because that was your world, right? That's it. Super, super dangerous model. When you say just realtor.com, are you doing anything else? Pay-per-click, anything else, or just investing in brand and content marketing? That's funny. We, we really, we've dabbled a little bit on Facebook, maybe spent... Uh I'm on, on, on pulling leads in maybe a couple hundred bucks here and there, but we don't really spend a lot of money on that. We put all of our money into our brands and all of our money okay. into educating the consumers. So that's good. That's going to keep you in a position to fight off disruptors mm -hmm. in your market of Rhode Island. I think Redfin's there. Redfin's there. They're not huge yet, but I do believe, I think they're going to, you'll see them get legs. Is Purple Bricks there? No, no, no. no not yet. They're out uh, of London, I think, right? Yeah, but they're here in the States. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah. They are originally out of London. Yeah, but uh, you know what? I'm not scared of platforms like that because I know the value we bring. I understand that, but but if you were to pick one disrupt, like what do you believe you're vulnerable to the most? Is it Zillow? Is it Redfin? Is it some other disruptor we're not talking about? Is it a shift in the market? What do you think you're vulnerable to most right now? Ourselves. Yeah ourselves i think that there's so many there's so many great realtors out there like yourself like steve that i mentioned like tom tool like all these guys all the people like the people on the 5 a.m call yeah. that really care we're synergizing together we're working together we're really actually working for the client's best interest and to build something that that can give a lot of value mm -hmm. but i feel that it's i hate to say it but I feel a lot of the part-time real estate agents that come in the business and eat up so many of the transactions but do such a poor job at it, I feel like it gives us all a bad name in, in, in the public eye. Yeah, and well, one thing I would say about Zillow, what they're really actually going to do here with this new PA4 and the, the consumer satisfaction score 
if you don't on that consumer satisfaction score, if you don't score over a 73, yep. Zillow will not give you leads wow. for 90 days. So basically they're saying your score is too low, meaning you're not getting back to clients. Yep. You're not following up. You're not even answering leads. If that's the case, we're not even going to take your money. So mm. Zillow's basically saying, we won't take your money if you're not a good agent, if you don't have a good consumer satisfaction score. So what does that do? Okay, so the agents that, especially in a good market right now, like what you're talking about, yeah. part-time agents come in and chew up deals in a good market. All the time. They can get lucky, right, in a good market. Mm -hmm. It's easy for a new agent to get lucky. Yeah, they lucky. walk in, they make a little bit of money. Yep, exactly. So if Zillow's not going to give them those leads because they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. That's great. And then the market dries up a lot of these. And what, it, what always happens is a lot of these agents get wiped out. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm seeing as the next opportunity. Right. And, and we can get into what I hmm. where I think there's going to be some vulnerabilities in that opportunity period. But that's the next opportunity when the market pulls back, which is coming at some point. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't think it's going to be I see it already. Yeah, and it's not going to be like dramatic for like 07 or something like that, but it's going to happen and people are going to get wiped out and the people that are investing in brand and people mm -hmm. that are investing in content marketing and, and w educating the consumer, just providing value and giving out content every single day are going to scoop up so much market share, mm -hmm. are going to have agents coming to them saying, hey, how do I be a part of what you're building? This is a safe place, right? Like when shit gets a little scary, you want to go somewhere safe. It's and they're going to flock they're going to flock to the teams and to the brokerages that make them feel safe. Yeah. Now, at the same time, there is an opportunity for Zillow really to on the flip side of that. Now, they're going to like I said, not take the money from the bad agents, right? And mm -hmm. they can and I think they're smart to see that the market's pulling back and that the only agents that are going to have money are the good agents anyway, so let's go take care they of them. They know what they're doing. It's very smart. Yeah. And they want their consumers to have a really good experience, so they want to focus on the good agents. Mm -hmm. But they're also needling a little bit further in and a little bit further in and a little bit further in. I can send you a video that was sent to me. 15 minute video of training agents. This is directly from Zillow mm -hmm. training agents on how to conduct themselves at their owned open houses. But do you know what I'm talking but about? This is the problem I'm saying is that I don't know necessarily think that the national association of realtors is really, or, or our boards or anybody not to get on them, but I don't feel that they're giving us enough value as far as actual beneficial sales training. No, so here's my point about this. We need sales training. Here's my point about this. If Zillow's willing to do it to some degree. They're filling I mean, a void. Zillow's taking a 15-minute video and saying, this is how you need to conduct yourself at my, you know, Zillow meaning they bought the house, they own the house, and they're hiring you as the agent to do okay, it. Okay, I got what you're saying, yep. That's what they're doing. Yep. And so what are they actually now doing? They're being your sales trainer yeah. on their product because they want their product, the houses that they buy, to go over really well. They want the consumer to have a great experience anytime they're associated with Zillow. If they have success with that, do they take a little more? Do they take a little more? Do they yeah. take a little more? Here's where it's going. You're going to do a deal with Zillow. You're going to be paying them 35% commission. Mm -hmm. Just like Op City, yep. just like any of these other guys, they're going to cut, try to cut into 35% of the commission because they huge. know that's where the money is, is in the commissions, not in the ad spends, especially not in the ad spends on the buy side. Yeah. Like the fact that everybody bought buyer internet leads, that to me is really gonna die because 
you have to control the listings. And Zillow can now, they finally, after all these years, have figured that out. They mm -hmm. better get into the listing side of the game because that's all that matters. I, let me ask you actually, because that's my opinion. Are you just fighting for listings? And we, we go for the listings. Yeah. Because the listings will give you, I think Gary Keller said this, the listing will give you another listing and two or three buyers. Mm -hmm. And it's absolutely true. It, it rings true. I mean, people that control the listings control the market, right? Mm -hmm. And I actually heard a, a statistic that said that realtors are down in income about, what is it, 30%? And I think from last year over the year before. In 17 over eight, yeah. over 16. Well, be, here's why. Because of all these companies that it's are coming in. Tom Ferry said, um, I guess I'm going back maybe four years, said, you know, commission compression is coming. And you heard it from a number of different areas. Spencer Raskoff certainly talked about it. Commission compression, commission comp compression. Commission compression isn't necessarily taking what used to be the commission percentage and cutting it in half. Mm -hmm. It's these other, it's Op City and it's Zillow cutting in from, hey, we're going to do an ad spend and buyer leads to we're taking 25, 30, 40 percent of the transactions that's, that's the commission compression that's a lot of money right if you're giving up 40 percent of deals and you have a brokerage split and you have a you know a staff you have to pay and whatever that's insane amounts you're breaking even sometimes sometimes you're taking a loss depending on the volume yeah. of that listing what do you see going into 2019 overall market so you know talk a little bit about what what you see for your state and air you know rhode island yeah. but then just generally the overall market yeah i mean what i see happening is rates continuing to rise okay and when the rates continue to rise you're going to see people with sticker shock at various points like right now i see a lot of sticker shock i see the people that were that were pre-approved at four four and a half that couldn't find a house now they're coming back in because inventory is increasing and the rates are going up so um you know, they're, they're kind of holding back in that aspect. So it's going to be on the realtors, us, to educate them on the difference between buying now and buying them. I, then I don't necessarily. Yesterday, I mean, they came out. They're not raising the um, the rate. The Fed didn't hike the rate yesterday. Right which now. Is, which is No, I know. And, and yeah. they've hiked it enough. And I think that was the right call. I, I would agree with yeah. that. Yeah. And I did not see that. So I'm glad you said that. Was that. Yesterday, yeah. And that who knows? And that that could change everything. Uh, who knows what can happen? I don't I have mean, the crystal ball. I mean, we could get in quarter one next year, and they. Yeah. It, but yeah. But I really do think you know where you look at rates historically. I think that they are going to continue to go up. It wouldn't be anything out of this world. No. Right. I agree. So, basically, the whole point of it is though is that I think people will come back and buy. It's it's we're going to have I think more of a buyer's market going into 2019. Right now, it's pretty balanced in most of Rhode Island and some other states. I'm not sure what's happening here in, in Connecticut. We've had very much, I mean, since 12, we've had very incremental growth since we kind of bottomed out. The, you know, there was an interesting stat I was looking at about uh, two or three weeks ago. It was a 2017 stat, so it's from last year's, mm -hmm. you know, 12-month um, span that while the rest of the country rose 30%, Connecticut rose 5% in terms of sales. What prices. did your business rise over the past couple no, of years? No, mine kept continued you to, guys are crushing to it. outclimb the 5%. I'm just talking sales prices on that on that stat. Yeah. So our market, and the reason why people 
sellers and homeowners believe the market in Connecticut's bad, even though it's had little jumps like that 5% at a time, is because they're seeing the rest of the country have 30% and mm-hmm. 40%. And certainly, I mean, you're around, you're closer to that Boston market. What's happened there? People see headline reading on these big major markets and they don't realize they're just not in one of those markets mm-hmm. here locally. Right. Yeah. So that's been our battle. It can be a challenge as a realtor when hey, you no. tell somebody what their home is worth. And hey, they're like, no, I want way more. You're at the best yeah. year ever since the peak. They're like, it doesn't feel like it, dude. Yeah. It feels terrible for me right now. Right. So I think next year for us, I mean, our local, everything's a local market too, right? Yeah, of course. Like, what do you have for jobs coming in? Like right now, locally, we have a, a company that's going to bring in some jobs. Electric Boat's going to bring in some jobs. That's going to help locally, mm-hmm. you know, the the bottom end of the market a little bit and we didn't we didn't have these huge swings up so we probably this time won't have huge swings down we did during the last peak have enormous swings up yeah we just haven't had them here yet that's funny maybe so. it's still you know could still hey, be coming still coming yeah right? exactly <laughs> we <laughs> benefited we, we benefit from boston do we you? have a lot of people that come in from Massachusetts. That are getting, that are selling in, yeah, here's what selling I would probably. Selling masks coming in. in that's, yeah, they're selling. They're like, holy smokes. I just made 300K in the last three years. I'm getting out and I can just take the train up from Providence or Easy. whatever. Yeah. It's like people selling in Rhode Island and moving to Florida or moving to North Carolina, you yeah. know. The difference is, is Going there. from mass it, to Vermont. Yeah. That yeah, makes yeah. sense. That yeah. makes sense. So it's what easy. is it from Providence to Boston? What is that? You're looking at anywhere from 30 to 50% price difference. No, I understand that. But uh, just in a car. If I'm going to jump in a car from oh, Providence timing. to Boston. Yeah, I mean, nothing at all. It's, uh, 40, it's 40, 45 minutes 45 from minutes. Providence to Boston without traffic. Yep. You know, but you yeah, can just jump on the Boston. train. Yeah. And free parking, jump on the train. It's easy. So a lot of people are taking advantage of that. Do you go up to Boston a lot? Or? No. 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 I'm your typical Rhode Islander as this of, as of late. This guy just stays in Rhode Island. <laughs> I stay in my little 40 by 40 square, <laughs> right? And uh, no, I mean, I, we've just been so busy, uh, thank, you know, thankfully. Um, we've been so busy where we've just been covering Rhode Island, a little bit of the outskirts of Massachusetts, too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Did you, do a, did you do a lot of events this year or, or no? Events? events? Uh, no, no, not no. really. We did one. We did one networking event. I believe in networking. I yep. believe in bringing in the extended team. And we gotta get you some like some of these Tom Ferry events. Oh, no, like I need that, to. Too. Yeah, something like that. See, my mind wasn't even there. Yeah, I gotta go see you. Give a a no, talk. No, just at one come and hang out. I know, I know, I know. But I'm, I'm seeing like I'm meeting so many great. Well, not meeting them. I'm just watching so many great people on these things. I'm like, I need to get to one. Absolutely. You find them to be very beneficial. A hundred percent. Yeah, I would. Think I mean, so. the th- I'm a, obviously a huge advocate of the of the Tom Ferry ecosystem and and those events. To me, like when Tom does the the summit every year, that's the State of the Union address of real estate. Every year I look at it that way, right? Yeah, but big. the network that you build, the referral opportunities that come out of it are just they're really endless. They're mm-hmm. everybody can kind of now you know, reach out to me when something happens in Connecticut. It doesn't mean necessarily I'm going to take every or be able to service every opportunity. I'm going to be honest, but having those calls coming in from all over the country, from different agents saying, Hey, what, what's the best play here? I've got somebody that needs to sell something in Connecticut or move into Connecticut. Mm-hmm. You know, is it you? Is it somebody else? That's been amazing. More than that, it's just meeting people, you know, like the relationship we've built over the years, being mm-hmm. able to share, 
you know, you mentioned Steve and Tom and some of these guys I met through that, you know, ecosystem, being able to share what's working for them. You know, Tom Tool, for example, has a team that's just unbelievable. Over, I think they're going to hit 100 million this year. They're going to be right around 100 million this year. His, uh, he introduced great. me to Doug Edrington, went down to his office in Chattanooga. An ama- they sold 491 homes last year. I don't know what they're going to hit in 18, mm. but just huge, huge, ridiculous numbers. There's a lot of stuff that I can pull from people like mm. that that are just doing a great job. Yeah, absolutely. I love, I, and again, I love that, that, that approach. And I did, never knew that was really in, in real estate. Isn't real estate a funny business that way? It where is. People are, are so willing to share and and pull from other people and other teams what's working from them and plug it into their business. I can't really think of an industry that's quite like that in how collaborative agents are if they're not a direct competitor. Oh, and then it's there's amazing. some agents even, yeah. even if they're a direct competitor would be open, but um, that camaraderie, the, the one thing I'm always beating up on NAR, the one thing I'll say that's been good about the, you know, they've, their lobbyists have 100% helped keep agents together mm-hmm. and protect agents. And so it'll be interesting to see ultimately how much these disruptors can kind of break that apart, mm-hmm. right? Because we, we have been an interesting bunch, a resilient bunch over the years, even long before you and I were in the industry, um, it they just have been. And, mm-hmm. and it's been the one industry that's been very tough for tech guys to just quote unquote come in and attack, right? Like it was easy for them to get the, um, you know, the travel agent, travel, yeah. right? That was an easy stocks. one. Stocks. Yep, stocks were an easy one. Um, personal finance has been massively been disrupted. Mm-hmm. More, I mean, you know what I'll, I'll say about our lender friends, unfortunately, they're really, yeah. In a different spot because I, I, there is going to be banks that figure out how to get a two-week closing done through technology, and, and it'll be interesting to see, mm-hmm. you know, what happens there. It'll be interesting to see what that does to the agent too. You start talking about a two-week closing, you yeah. don't have this drawn-out value of sixty days. You need to be able to showcase your value and what you're going to do over a two-week closing period. Could it could mean it goes up? It could mean mm-hmm. it's uh, a little bit more commoditized, right? I mean, that's an interesting play. You know, that's coming. Though, yeah, of to course, be closing. of course. I mean, I think there's opportunity in any change like that for companies, especially tech companies. But ultimately, what we're doing is such a human to human interaction. There's so many emotions involved. There's so many. Uh, it's such steps a physical involved. product. My transaction coordinator, uh, Mike, the guy's amazing, right? He uh, on our team. He said, I am so surprised that anything ever even closes. And I was, he said that the other day. And I was like, it's so true, right? With 52 people involved in the average transaction, yeah. I think there is room for us as agents and as professionals and even the technology companies to, to work together to, to fix that and to leverage it. I agree with that. I mean, I don't I mean, think there needs to necessarily it, be 52 it people on average in a transaction but there is but there is right now yeah if in a world i, I just want to go futuristic for a second in sure. a world of say two-week closings all the time it's the norm it's the yeah. average closing time do you believe transactions across the country will go up more people will buy and sell more frequently 
into the future in that type of an environment? I believe that the homes are selling, people are buying and selling a lot more. In Rhode Island, people buy and you sell homes already doing it. faster than they buy cars. 2.7 years in Rhode Island, people are buying and selling. I mean, wow. I, I've been in the business a little over six years and I've helped people out three times. You know, that's crazy. Yep. So, um, yeah, I do believe that that the transaction, the, that the time point in a house could speed up. However, there's something, if somebody's in a Hubbard clause, right? That's what we call it, Rhode Island. I don't know if, you, if yes. you call it. Okay, so they're in a Hubbard clause. They have to sell before they buy. There's some things that are really going to drag those transactions down. And I don't necessarily know that all transactions can do that. Maybe with new construction, if somebody doesn't have to sell, or maybe with the entry homes, first-time homebuyer type of homes, you can do those quick transaction times. But also the seller needs to find suitable housing. So I don't necessarily know that the two-week period would really stick with everything. Could it speed things up quite a bit? Yes. But I think that there's way too many elements involved. And I actually had an artificial intelligence um, a consultant come on my radio program. The guy's fascinating, Dan Fagella. He okay. spoke in front of the United Nations. He spoke in front of a bunch of different large companies, big time, right? He came on and he said he believes we're probably about 15 years out or so for artificial intelligence to really make a huge impact in real estate and potentially replace the realtor. Mm -hmm. And what he said was until somebody can go in and shake, you know, or a, a machine can go in and shake your hand, tell a joke, you know, say hi to your kid, walk you through a house. It's not going to happen. You mean the physical showing? The physical That's just talking about the showing Physical part, showing right? part, yeah. But the... Yeah, I mean, well, showing agents and to some degree, buyer agents are going to be the most vulnerable, right? Because for, for a showing agent, you already have, you know, the tech, yes, I agree. Someday you'll have a robot actually greeting people, but you already have the technology to take a selfie for open door, yep. upload your driver's license, and get into the house on their lockbox. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing because it does mean, in some instances, if the house is vacant and so on and so forth, and there's a lot of variables there, but it does mean that you don't need an agent, a physical body showing up to unlock the door. So yep. showing agents have already had disruption. And that also kind of lends to buyer's agents because in a world today where buyers are so informed, the buyer agent in some instances on people that aren't bringing a ton of value, right? Mm -hmm. They are nothing more than a showing agent at times. They're just open doors, right? So because of that, and going back to what we were talking about before, our biggest issue, unfortunately, is, is ourselves as agents. And, and if we're not all given value, then there's going to be opportunity for the disruptors. Mm -hmm. There wouldn't be opportunity if the if 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 people were satisfied with the service. What's, let me ask you this, because you come across a ton of sellers. Yeah, mostly. What's the most common? Uh, you know, what do they have the most in common that they want out of the process? The sellers trust. They want to know that they can trust whoever it is. To, that's the biggest thing. It's, yeah, they want to trust before they hire you. But what are you finding is their most common outcome of uh, that they want of the reason they're going to hire you? So they want to trust you, but do they want? Are they hiring you based off of the best marketing, getting the most money for the house? You know. Yeah, I mean that's simple. So they they hire me because I don't just walk in a house unprepared mm -hmm. and just look around and say, you know what, I, th I think you're going to get three ninety for this house. No. When I sit down with them, I'm very analytical. 
I'll go even for the people that aren't so analytical. They they really want to know. You know, they might want to. They might be more bottom lined, right? So you get there quicker. But show them that you've done your homework. When I sit down with someone, I lay a ton of information out on the table. Mm-hmm. I explain what it means and why. And mm-hmm. by their body language and how they're acting, I can tell if I need to speed it up or if I need to slow it down. You're right, because some people are going to get lost. And, so, yeah. Before I meet with them, I give them a ton of value. You had told me about this audiobook. They ask, you answer. Great book. Fantastic book. Unbelievable. That, that changed the way we do business. Yeah. So before I meet with someone, I give them so much information and I can see through follow-up boss our CRM program Mm -hmm. if they're opening it engaging it and clicking it Mm -hmm. and some of our emails have 100% engagement yep think about that an email campaign with 100% engagement it's been fantastic so now when I sit down with our prospective clients that you might as well call them clients they're ready to go and they may have met with two or three or four other realtors we're giving them that info they've made that decision already yeah no 100% dude I want to wrap this up but before I do that, for any, we're gonna do something a little fun. If any, and we went a little technical there, but if any of these newer agents or people aspiring to be in real estate made it all the way through this far to the podcast, <laughs> yeah. I'd like you to give anybody that's new, and this can this can lend to a team leader because they can use this as they're bringing in new agents. Like, what's sure. the one thing you would tell yourself coming into the business, and you know, or a new agent? that's coming into the business day one. Yeah, I would say burn your ships. And there's a huge old story that goes along with this with the Navy Admiral. Yeah. You heard that story before. We actually had one of my past clients, a guy in upstate New York, come on the 5 a.m. call one time. Yep. And he did a, a, a 5 a.m. call on this, about, yep. on, about you're about to say. He's got a 120-person law firm today, super amazing dude, Paul Harding, yeah. up in, in uh, Albany, New York. But yeah, go ahead, tell the story. Go, Paul. So I might butcher the story a little bit, but yeah. here's here's what I remember, yeah. what I gather Paraphrase from it. Paraphrase it. Okay, I will, I will. So there was these islands that this Navy admiral or whatever, he, he couldn't conquer, okay? Well, not him, but his counterparts. Couldn't conquer, couldn't par- conquer. So he had uh, two or three ships, and they were going to these islands, and everyone would, would go out. They'd get beat up by the natives. They would leave, right? So... They went in and he ordered that all the ships to, were to be burnt. So now it was pure survival. There is, no, there is no fight or flight. It's just fight. And when you're getting into real estate, you need to get in for all the right reasons. And you need to, A, have confidence in yourself. And you need to have endurance. And you need to take a beating. Yeah. And you need to take no and embrace the nose, Byron. And burning the ship means yeah, there's no escape. Burning the ship means you don't have a part-time job. Get rid of the part-time the side. job because because you know what? If I don't make my calls today, well, I'm still going into the restaurant tonight, and I'm gonna make you know a couple bucks doing that. Yeah. Like that's what burning the ship. Live means. broke, dude. Imagine if you were on that island and these dude these <laughs> maniacs were burning the ships. Yeah. Like, dude, I'm just be like, have the island. Yeah. <laughs> don't burn your ships. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> you know. So w- when I started in real estate, within six months, I was number two in my office out nice. of like you know, 30 agents well, you or went, so. You, you went online. I burned my ships. Yep. I was broke. You know, I loved it. That was the best time of my life because I learned more about myself mm-hmm. and more about. what well, I guess the hard part for a new agent is everybody is attracted to real estate in some way. The glam and glitter. And, and, and then if they're going to be attracted to it where they're going to go into it as a 
job mm. as a career sometimes it's for those wrong reasons they saw a show or whatever they watch you you make it look easy probably not because of me but probably more <laughs> because like you know bravo yeah. tv show or something and and so yeah it does look easy when you look at that and it looks like a lot of fun mm -hmm. too that's the mm -hmm. other part it looks like a lot of fun so for them to not have dug in deep enough. That's the mistake, I think. When you say burn the ships, you really got to dig in and make sure that you know this is your deal. This is mm -hmm. what you're going to do. You've talked to enough people. You've tasted it. You've looked at how hard the really experienced agents work. Like, think about it. If you're brand new and you reach out to 10 agents to have coffee with you that are super successful top agents in your marketplace, mm -hmm. probably none of them are going to take you to coffee. And that should give you an indication of just how hard it is because they're so busy they can't even get back to you, right? Mm -hmm. Now, you reach out to a guy like Emilio, he might find a little bit of time because he's a good guy, but you're gonna have to reach out to probably 50 top, I'm talking top agents, mm -hmm. to get one coffee meeting to try to pick somebody's brain on how hard it is. I mean, any broker, any office manager is gonna meet with you, oh, and that's the biggest yeah. mistake that they make. They're like, I've got three offers. Dude, anybody's going to give you an offer if they're a manager and they're incentivized to, to get a bonus off of you joining the office. Yeah, that's easy. Guys, they're getting 1000 or more dollar bonuses on each head that they bring in. They're retired real estate people mm -hmm. that didn't want to deal with clients anymore, and they took this job to basically recruit. They took a salary. You, you don't run your team like that. Your team, right? Yeah, I would correct. imagine yeah. is not an open door. The the people on your no. team have to meet certain 100%. qualifications. 100%. They have to meet a certain need for your team and they got to be a certain level of a professional to get on. Correct. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest thing that a lot of new agents. And a brokerage won't, you know, an office brokerage won't do what we'll do. We'll come to you if you're not performing and say, hey, we love you. We want you to do great things, but it's just not going to be here. Yeah. Right. Broker just won't do that mm -hmm. unless you're insubordinate or something. Yeah. I mean. But they won't do it based off of production. Yeah. No. And what is insubordinate? I mean, if you've got 15% of all the agents doing 85% of the work, I mean, wouldn't you say that the rest are insubordinate? Yeah, but not because th they're you, not they're not doing that. Not the, from the brokerage mindset, no. they're not going to do that because – uh, they this one gets four deals done a year. This one gets four, and, mm -hmm. and it's a, and it's flow. And those bottom agents are on a much lower split, so the margin is higher than on those top agents. But one piece of advice that you mo that model is a little little fucked. So it it, it is <laughs> nice one. <laughs> I can't say that on the radio, so it's funny That's talking right. into a radio. mic. We're I know, I know. It's good. great. It's great. W what would you give somebody as far as a brand new agent coming in? And and by the way. Yeah. I admire people that are willing to take that risk and jump into real estate. I yeah. admire oh, them. Oh, 100%. The ones that stick with it. Yeah. What would you give them as far as advice? My advice has changed a little bit, but it boils down to two, uh, two things. Mm -hmm. It's number one, have the conversation if you're married or if you have you know, a, a partner or a spouse or whatever, have the conversation up front that over the next two to three years, I'm going to be required, not required by anybody, but just required by my commitment to this new career mm -hmm. to work close to seven days a week, to work close to 10, 12, 14 plus hours because yep. I'm, one, I'm going to be super, super successful in this business. 
and you need to have a partner that buys into that plan because it's going to help your long-term plan because of whatever, mm -hmm. right? Whatever th those goals are for the, for the relationship, but you're not going to make it in real estate working six hour days. It's not going to work out for you. So there's that. And then, you know, number two to that is you got to get around the right people. This business, you're never going to know everything, even if you've been in it 50 years. And I've, I've sat down with plenty of 50 plus year agent vets. Wow. I've, me and Nicole were flown out to Arizona by a 50 plus year vet. Wow. And he'll even admit to you, that guy, Greg Haig, would even admit to you that he doesn't know everything in this business. You're learning every single day. So if you're coming in day one, you better get around the right people. To me, it's gonna be a really high producing team that has their own employees internally, you know, outside from their brokerage. So be willing to work till you have blood coming out of your eyeballs and be willing to do that on a team because there's just way too much to learn. Mm -hmm. And always be willing to learn. There is, yep. there is. dude. Really appreciate you yeah, not man, only taking I'm honored the drive, to be here. but but uh, dropping some serious knowledge uh, on the podcast here. And we're definitely, Sam knows, we're going to be jacking up the podcast in 2019. So I'm going to definitely have you back on. Um, Likewise. Yeah. Probably in the in the new studio, too. Oh, I can't All wait. Right, brother? Yeah. Emilio, right, we'll Byron. link you up. Thank you so Thank much, you. brother. You bet. Appreciate it. Thanks.